0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Hello and welcome to the Boxing and MMA podcast for the Believe Network. Hello, my fellow believers. Let me start this podcast by talking about the upcoming fight between Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz Jr. And guess where it's taking place, of all places. In the Dunes, billed as the Battle of the Dunes in Saudi Arabia, between two of the greatest heavyweights in the world, Anthony Joshua was once, once thought of as invincible, as unbeatable. But Andy Ruiz Jr., in one night of work, quickly debunked that notion and showed the world That there is no one true king in the heavyweight division, but a bevy of fighters. That on any night, it can be their night. And in light of this rematch, we also had a past rematch between Luis Ortiz and Deontay Wilder. That was a great fight. Both fights were great in their own respect. The first fight was great because of the back and forth between Wilder and Deontay and Luis Ortiz. You never know who was going to win the first fight. First, Wilder gets knocked down. Ortiz punches himself out, trying to knock out Wilder. And then of all, all of a sudden, Wilder takes his opportunity and knocks out Ortiz in the 10th round. Because Ortiz had given all he had, all his punching power all his energy trying to knock out Wilder. And when he couldn't, Wilder took full advantage and ended the fight. The second fight was also great in its own respect. Wilder showed he is not perhaps the best boxer, but he uses his physical advantages to his best of his ability inside of the boxing ring. And he did that once again against Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz was winning the whole fight. He was winning the rounds, scoring more punches, landing more shots, while Wilder sat there, backed up, not getting hit a lot, but also still getting tagged enough where Ortiz was scoring to win the rounds. And all that time, Wilder was calculating, waiting, looking for his opportunity. And at the end of the seventh round, perhaps Ortiz got a little relaxed As it was within the last 10 seconds of the seventh round, Wilder saw his opportunity and gained enough leverage on his punch to hit, to knock Luis Ortiz out cold with a swift one-two combination that is something for the highlights. And it quickly went viral after Wilder once again added another great chapter to his illustrious career now. Moving on ahead to the rematch between Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz Jr. What a great, great matchup we have here. And what a great first fight it was for not only the unexpected nature of the Andy Ruiz Jr. knockout, but the debunking of that anything is certain in the world of sports. And I think to a larger context, this is why we love sports. Because the favorite doesn't always win. Anything can happen. And sometimes the underdog can come out on top. And that's exactly what happened when Andy Ruiz Jr. stopped Anthony Joshua in the seventh round. Now, you can argue, oh, maybe the judge should have let it go. Anthony Joshua was on his feet, but Joshua looked out of it. He was backing up against the ropes, and he didn't really look like he wanted to keep on fighting. Now, going into their rematch, the question is, what do both fighters really have to improve on in order uh, to come out on top? Well, for Anthony Joshua, he has to use his physical advantages to win the fight. That means using his four-inch height advantage, his reach advantage to outbox, outmaneuver Andy Ruiz Jr. But guess what Ruiz Jr. has an advantage over Anthony Joshua? Not in looks, not in physique, not in height, not in reach. No, but in hand speed. Ruiz Jr. has some of the fastest hands, not only in the heavyweight division, but I'm willing to say in all of boxing. The way he can put combinations together before the opponent even knows what hit him. The way he can string his punches together and still take punishment and land his own shots. And Ruiz Jr. is a marvel to watch inside the ring. If not for his perceived physical disadvantages, but for his utter boxing acumen and his elite hand speed. And the question is, has Anthony Joshua learned enough from the first fight to not make the same mistakes? Will he not try to make it a brawl? Will he use his reach advantage and keep Ruiz Jr. on the outside? Now, Ruiz Jr. came in at a heavy, heavy 283 in the weigh-in. And Anthony Joshua weighed in at around uh 236. So almost a 50 pound uh you know weight advantage for Andy Ruiz Jr. So the question is who am I gonna pick in this fight? And I'm gonna have to go with Andy Ruiz Jr. I think it's just a bad style matchup for Anthony Joshua. I think Andy Ruiz Jr., if anything, has gone faster, not slower since his first fight. And maybe uh, Anthony Joshua isn't the type of fighter that is mentally capable of coming back from such a defeat, and maybe he will never be the same fighter after fighting Andy Ruiz Jr., not once, but now twice. So it'll be interesting. Now, um, on this podcast, I was delighted and honored to have on the great Kevin Ioli of Yahoo Sports. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and let you uh fellow believers listen to my interview with uh Mr. Ioli, and i I hope you guys enjoy that, so here's a listen, and uh we do get into it about Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz Jr, and he has some great points that uh, I think you guys will uh, really enjoy. So without further ado, here's my interview with uh Mr. Kevin Ioli of Yahoo Sports. Thank you so
0: how did you get start you start uh, doing this type of work as a journalist or as a boxing writer uh, as a journalist
2: It's what I always wanted to do. I grew up in the 1970s when Watergate was going on, and so you know reporters at that time weren't were the enemy that people didn't hate reporters they liked them and um uh, I, so I wanted to be a journalist, but I, I, I wanted to be a sports writer because I love sports so much. So I just, you know, made it a point to, in high school to write and stuff. And then when I went to college, I majored in journalism. So it's what I've done all my life.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because now it's it's a lot different to enter that space than when you first started. Yeah. When I first started, it was, you know, two or three newspapers in every city. (laughs) Yeah. And now it's, it's mostly online media. I know.
2: Not, not nearly the same. A lot, lot different. Yeah.
0: Well, it's great to connect with you. Um, so Mm -hmm. I want to start talking about, uh, the fight coming up on Saturday. Yep. Uh, who do you think has the edge in the in the rematch between Andy Ruiz and Anthony Joshua?
2: I, I in my column on Yahoo, I predicted Ruiz. Um, a very tough pick because you know Anthony Joshua is an elite talent. Uh, he's a physical specimen, and you know if you saw the news on Friday, Andy Ruiz weighs in at. Uh, 283 pounds, which yesterday his trainer uh, Manny Robles said he was going to weigh 268. So he comes in 15 pounds higher. So when you're picking Ruiz, that has to be a factor. You have to say, hey, wait a minute. You know, I have to be worried. This guy's coming in a lot heavier than I expected him to be. And you know, is this going to be good? His his advantage in the fight is the fact that he's got quicker hands and quicker feet. But if he's that much heavier, does that negate his advantage? So that concerned me, um, but I ended up uh, picking Ruiz anyways, You know, even though I realized I could look silly because Joshua could blow him up. But I just kind of think that Ruiz's style is one of those styles that's going to give A.J.
0: difficulty. Uh, what, do you know what Anthony Joshua weighed in at? 237. 237. So that's like a 50-pound difference. Yeah, almost. And what, like four inch difference or something?
2: Yeah, six foot six to six foot two.
0: Right. So, uh you think that hand speed is the the biggest factor, uh or the biggest advantage for Andy Reese Junior. And then do you think the height advantage for Anthony Joshua is maybe a little overrated and not as important of a factor? Well, I mean, you know, height
2: and reach are always important. You know, there's no no doubt about that. But if you're if you know how to use whatever your physical attributes are to your advantage, then you know then it doesn't it is such an issue. And so Ruiz, you know, he knows um, fighting. He's fought big guys before. You know, he fought Joseph Parker. You know, he's fought. Um, um AJ before he knows what it is to fight a guy six five six 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 seven you know he fought Alexander Dimitrenko before he fought AJ and Dimitrenko was six seven um, so he understands what it takes and you know he's worked on that in training camp so you know while I mean hey if if you ask me what do you rather have you know be the taller guy or be the shorter guy I'd say hey I'd rather be the taller guy with the longer reach. But having said that, you know, it doesn't mean that just because you're, uh, you don't have the reach that you're not going to be able to win the fight. Um, and I think Andy knows how to fight a guy that has a bigger reach than him. Cause even though, you know, six foot two is not that short of a fighter. Um, you know, Muhammad Ali was only six foot three. Um, Andy's reach is a little bit less. You know, he has a 74 inch reach. And that's, you know, one that, you know, maybe it's two. you think he might have a longer reach. But he's, he's learned how to cope with that. And so I don't think the height is as is, big is a factor. Quickness to me is a bigger factor.
0: Right. And in the first fight he showed he could fight a taller man. He showed he had the quicker hands. And, you know, I don't see that changing necessarily in the second fight. Now, I don't think Anthony Joshua got knocked down in training again as he did prior to their first fight. But uh, those physical attributes that A Reeves Junior he most likely has just improved on those. Yeah,
2: it's um I think it's you know everything is, is interesting, you know, and and there's every you know, for every push there's a pull type thing, right? And so I look at this fight and I say, hey, AJ's got you know, if you look at the body, you look at the height, you look at the range, all of those things, you say AJ's got all those advantages. Um, but Andy has more boxing experience. Andy, Andy knows how to fight with his style. So, you know, you can make, and hey, that's why the odds are a lot closer this time because I think it is legitimately a fight that either guy can win. It's going to depend on who executes the best. Um, you know, a lot of times we like to look at them and say, Hey, you know, this guy's going to win based on his body, but that is not, you know, if Andy is in condition to fight just because he has a couple layers of uh, fat around his belly doesn't mean that he can't fight. That's been proven in boxing over the years. Um, that's been proven in all sports. You know, there have been guys, not a lot, but there have been guys in all sports that you know have been bigger heavier and still you know still done the job so you know i i think the fight is fascinating because it's two talented fighters who have contrasting styles and it could go either way and i think that when whenever you have a fight like that and both guys can um, knock the other out i think that makes it really interesting
0: yeah it's, it's definitely more of a picking fight than the uh, first fight scene yeah, no, there, I mean, it
2: is. But having said that, you know, you go, well, guess what? Um, this guy uh, knocked him out the first time. We thought it was a pick and fight, but guess what? We weren't right.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you think both fighters need to improve on in order to reach their potential? Well, I think,
2: you know, when you talk about Joshua, I mean, I think, you know, he is he has got to use his height and uh, reach to his advantage. You know, I think uh, if you watch that fight, even in the first round, the, all three judges gave Joshua the first round. Joshua was backing up, right? He was backing up the whole fight. He's letting the smaller, pudgier guy back him up. I think he's got to say, you know what, I'm coming forward. I'm going to fight going downhill. I'm the guy that's going to use my range. I'm not going to let you get into your, into your distance where you want to be. I think that's what he has to do. He has to really control the distance better. And I think he's got to throw his jab, you know, if he gets that jab out there. And, you know, his jab can be like a power punch and keep it in your face and keep it in your face. Then I think, you know, he's got a chance to, um, you know, to do something. But if you know, if he if he lets Ruiz control the distance, if he lets Ruiz, um, you know, kind of get inside, then I think you know that's a totally totally different story.
0: Right. But in in any of uh, Joshua's previous fights, we never really saw him uh, that tr- as much troubled except against Klitschko. But Klitschko is a uh, more akin to his height so you know was it just a bad night in the ring or is this a a weakness we hadn't seen of joshua's before as we did well i mean I,
2: i certainly think that it you know there's a little bit of both right i mean i think that um you know certainly there's there is that um you know that possibility there was a bad night for aj hey look you know we forget that these guys are human they they win all these fights they score all these knockouts and we think that they are impervious but he was fighting for the first time in the United States he had a different opponent uh you know he had, there was uh, his first original opponent fell out then there was a, a week or two where he didn't know who he was fighting you know that all that stuff has an impact on you and i think that um you know that's one of those situations that uh, you know we sometimes overlook. you know we think they're automatons and that they're robots, and they can do you know whatever and adjust anything, but they're human um and you know, like you said, sometimes they have bad nights at the office and um, you know they they come back the next day and they're better, so you know that's why I, I would never count. Joshua out. I would never count any fighter out. Yeah. You know, they all can turn things around. But you know, if if I had a pick, I'd say based on what I saw last time, based on talking to the fighters, based on seeing what I've seen in, you know, training camp from them, I would favor um, favor Ruiz this fight. But that doesn't mean Joshua is out of it. And
0: would you think it's a knockout or a decision? I
2: predicted a knockout because I think, you know, they're going to be swinging for the fences, right? I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to fight in a way that is going to end in a knockout. I I don't think you're going to see, you know, either one of them looking to win on the judges scorecards, you know, and I think that's given that, um, and that, you know, to me, that'll be, I think it's more likely if it goes to the scorecards, which I think is really unlikely, but if it goes to the scorecards, I think it would be Ruiz that would win a decision because, you know, he's got that ability to box. And I think AJ, you know, I mean, if AJ starts fighting well and he starts landing hard, I think it's going to be hard for Andy to, to, go 12 hard rounds uh against that so i think if but if andy's doing well you know maybe just not landing that that big punch i could see that you know the fight going to a decision on eight on andy's side but you know i i think they're both coming to score a knockout so i'm going to pick uh uh, ruiz by you know sixth or seventh round knockout
0: yeah and it's interesting because before the fight There were rumors that St. Andy Ruiz had uh, lost weight going into this fight, but I guess that wasn't true.
2: Yeah, you know, I I talked to him today after the weigh-in, and he told me that they originally in training camp, you know, they, they talked and they thought, hey, 255 would be a good weight. So they went and they trained and they, you know, he fought, he got to 255 and felt like that was too low. So he wanted to get back up and be what he was last time, which was 268. Uh-huh. Um, and so yesterday, his trainer, Manny Robles, said 268 was the weight that he wanted to be. Um, and he said today that he thought the weigh-in was earlier. So when it was later, he had eaten, you know, his meals, you know, all his meals by the time he weighed in, and he weighed in with his clothes on. So he felt like, you know, that he wasn't substantially heavier than he was the last time, and he felt like the bulk, uh, that he, that he did add would help him.
0: Right. And what do you think Ruiz has to improve on the most as a fighter?
2: You know, I think, you know, he got caught. Look, you know, um, he got knocked down with the big shot and then he got up. And if you watch after he got up, he, he boom, he walked right back into a big right hand. You know, I, I don't know that you can take too many of those from Anthony Joshua. And he, he ate that one. Yeah. Um, I think he has to be careful, and so I, I think you know for him, it's like you know moving your moving your head stay you know stay low don't um, don't uh, let yourself get you know get into uh, a trading match with a guy that has that big of a shot
0: right, and then uh, moving on from this fight, um, talking a little about the wilder uh rematch that we saw a few weeks ago. Uh, do you think Waller is the strongest puncher in the history of the sport? I do. I wrote that, and I do believe that.
2: Um, you know, I, you just look at what he's done. I mean, you know, I, I think that uh, it, it's just remarkable how, you know, he, he hits these guys and they go. And he's got so much leverage on those punches. Yeah.
0: And uh, who do you think Luis Ortiz should fight next? You know, I, I think he needs to fight a contender.
2: I mean, I like to see him in there. You know, uh, a Dillian White. Uh, you know, uh, uh, a Chisora. But somebody that's you know that's that's in the mix. Right. I think he needs to fight uh, uh, a, a legitimate guy. You know that. Uh, you know that's going to keep him up there.
0: Right. Um, who do you think's the best heavyweight in the world before? Uh, we see these upcoming fights. I think Wilder, you know, before
2: I used to, I used to think it was Joshua. Um, but you know, I, as I look at it now, as they stand here, you know, uh, Tyson Fury and Wilder to me are one and one a. I, I I don't think there's any doubt. Um, but I think with that power, Wilder just has that threat to, you know, my God, he can knock you out. He can finish you at any, any point in time. And that is an unbelievable weapon to have in your in your holster. So you know, if somebody wanted to argue and say Tyson Fury is the best heavyweight, I wouldn't argue too much because you know there's a large part of me that thinks that he might be. But I I think it's one of those two guys right now. Um, you know, with uh, Ruiz third and AJ fourth.
0: So. Uh, would you would are you picking uh, when Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury meet on February second?
2: Well, I reserve the right to change my mind because again, I like to make my picks after I've seen them and after I talk to them because uh, I get a really good feel for what's going on with the guys when I do that. Um, but my early pick is Wilder. Uh, I think Wilder will get the job finished. You know, he landed. You know, hey. Fury boxed a really good fight the first time when they fought in uh, 2018. Um, and Wilder still knocked him down hard twice. And I think Wilder is more confident and uh, a better fighter than he was then. And so I think he'll he'll be able to stop him this time around. But, you know, I, I want to make sure before I make my official pick that I get a chance to see both guys.
0: Right. Um, so do you think his... Deontay Wilder's below-average boxing skills even matter that much when he can generate so much power?
2: Well, you know, he gets criticized for having below-average boxing skills. But I think, you know, if you really pay attention, I mean, you know, he is not a classic boxer. He throws punches from odd angles. um, Well,
0: he came to the score late, so he kind of has, you know, a different upbringing than some of his opponents. Like, he's been in the amateurs for so long.
2: Yeah, he does. I mean, I, there's no doubt. And, but I think you know that if you look, you know, he, he has non-traditional boxing skills. But right. I mean, it's not like he's getting clobbered in these fights, right? I mean, he went, you know, he went 12 rounds with Fury. You know, he got hit with a jab, and Fury's six foot nine with an 86 inch reach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and has one of the best jabs in the business. Um, but you know, who, who who's hitting him a lot? You know, it's not like he's getting hit a lot. Um, and that power, like you said, you know, is a difference maker. So, you know, I, I, he's not a classic boxer. Nobody's going to say he's a Muhammad Ali or he's a Floyd Mayweather. But I think, you know, he, the style he uses is effective for what he has.
0: Yeah, he uses his physical advantages to, you know, to what he can do in the ring. And it's exactly. And he has the highest knockout rate in the history of the division.
2: Exactly. And that's what I think when you when you look at that and
0: you say, okay,
2: you know, I'm looking at a guy like this who, you know, um, who has, you know, has that kind of power and, you know, he, you're not hitting him a lot. I think if you're going to beat that guy, you have to hit him a ton. You know, you can't just sit there and say, okay, I'm going to hit him, you know, once or once or twice and then that's it. You know, you have to hit him a lot in the fight and take him off balance and those kind of things. Right. And you know, he, you know, I mean, the problem you have is, you know, in boxing anytime you hit somebody um then it's, you know, you're opening yourself up to be hit. And it's it's risky. And so, you know, I think that um that, you know, uh, to beat him, you're going to have to land a lot of punches consistently well over a lot of rounds, and I think that's hard to do. You know, Tyson Fury can do it because he's one of the best fighters in the world, but there's not a lot of guys that can't.
0: Right. Whereas Wilder only needs one punch.
2: Correct, as he showed against Luis Ortiz.
0: Yeah, like his his quote said, his opponent needs to be perfect for 12 rounds, but he only needs two seconds to be perfect.
2: 100% right. And, you know, he's walking around, you know, and now, hey, look, don't overlook the fact that everybody sees what he's done. They saw what he did to Fury. So when he fights Fury next time, you know, and Fury sees that right hand cock, you know, Fury knows, hey, I I have to toe this line perfectly. You know, I have to do certain things to, to back him up and to hit him, but I'm also putting myself at risk. And they, you know, they know, you know, he knows firsthand how hard Wilder punches. So, I just think it's one of those things that you know it's a, it's such a great weapon to have. And if it, if it were me, and I could say, "Hey, this is what I, you know, I would choose to have." You know, I I I love to be a great defensive fighter, but you have that kind of power, boy, oh boy, you're uh, you're never out of a fight.
0: Right. And it seemed before Wilder not landed the knockout against Ortiz that Ortiz was ready for the right hand. It seemed every time that Wilder would try and throw it, Ortiz was ready with the quick to left hook
2: counter that Wilder would get
0: caught by. Right. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, hey, Ortiz fought a good fight.
2: Like, I think, you know, Luis doesn't get enough respect. I think Luis is a very good fighter. You know, I mean, he knows how to box. You know, he's not a quick guy. You know, he's a big kind of slow guy. But he's, you know, he he knows how to box. He's got punching power. Um, He's smart in the ring. And, you know, so, you know, it, anybody's going to have trouble with him. Any elite heavyweight's going to have trouble with him. You know, sometimes Luis isn't as motivated as others, but when he is motivated, you know, he's very good. Yeah. Um,
0: where does Alexander Usik fit in the heavyweight division? Well, if I had a guess,
2: you know, and I hope it doesn't play out this way, but because I'd like to see us have a fight for the undisputed title but i think you know what's going to happen is the wbo is going to order the winner of ruiz joshua to fight Usik, and so i think Usyk will be fighting for the heavyweight title sometime next year
0: do you think he has a chance against those fighters
2: of course he does you know he's a good boxer he's a smart guy um you know i i didn't think he looked great against Chaz witherspoon but you know uh, Chaz Witherspoon was a late replacement, and Chaz Witherspoon uh, also, you know, you know, I don't think he was motivated to fight that fight. So, you know, um, now going up against, you know, a Joshua or a Ruiz, um, I think that's totally different. You know, he could fight, who knows who he could end up fighting, because yeah. if Ruiz wins, you know, Ruiz is liable to not want to fight him. And drop the WBO belt, and so he may, you know, fight somebody else for the WBO title. So there's, you know, there's a lot of situations that could play out in this case.
0: Yeah, I feel like Usyk still needs at least one more tune-up fight before he starts fighting guys like Joshua and Ruiz.
2: Right. Yeah. No, Usyk is good, and I think if he gets in there in the heavyweight division, you know, he's going to be a factor uh, because he's he's a good, you know, he's an Olympic uh, uh, champion. you know a champion boxer so he's really really good and i i think uh you know that's the kind of guy that you know you you never count out right and
0: then um who do you think's the best heavyweight mma fighter
2: the best mma heavyweight right now you, think? you know i think I think, you know, you got to go, you know, Stipe Miocic uh, beat uh, Cormier last time off. I think it's one of those two guys, right? You know, I think they're following that back and forth. Um, You know, it's a tough one. But I'd say right now, you know, because he won the last fight, I would pick uh, A for that.
0: Right. Uh, Do you think anyone will lose their belt at UFC 245? Um, You know... I think if
2: if there is a champion, the most vulnerable champion of the three, in my opinion, would be Kamaru Usman. Um, And not because of anything negative to Usman, but I think, you know, Colby Covington, as much as some people dislike him, um, Colby Covington can fight. And he's in elite condition, and he's a guy that, you know is a difficult guy to fight because of his style. And so if, if I were to make a prediction, you know, and say one of the champions is going to lose at UFC 245, um, Colby Covington would be the one I think would pull the upset.
0: Yeah. Cause I was watching, uh, Covington's last play against Lawler and he just puts right. a relentless pace on you and d- never steeps to stop wrestling or stop moving. And, uh, Masvidal said he couldn't really punch, but, you know, that relentless pain pace kind of reminds you of, like, how Khabib fights. Yep. No, he, I
2: mean, he's got unbelievable cardio, and he can go and go and go. And, you know, you have to be ready to do that with him. And, you know, when you defend takedowns, you know, you know he's going to try to uh, take Usman down. Um, it, it, for some reason, I don't know why it is, but it takes more out of you to defend a takedown than it is to try to get a takedown and i think you know that um when he's when he's doing that um you know if he's not if usman uh, defends him you know he's going to wear himself out so usman who is i think an elite fighter he is going to have to be at his best to defend those and he's going to have to be in elite
0: condition right and then you think halloween's boxing skills are just uh, too good you know i i think holloway is a really good overall
2: fighter but hey look volkanovsky is bigger volkanovsky's on, you know hey volkanovsky's on a roll you know he beat uh, uh aldo looked impressive in doing it um he's got a lot of elite skill i think holloway is one of those guys you know he, he is really elite in my mind so i think i i like max to win the fight but you know you know, the, the good thing about the UFC is that they have these guys consistently fighting the best, and sometimes it works against the champion. I mean, look at who Max has fought in a row, you know, just in the last, you know, what is his, his fights in the last year? He had Brian Ortega, then he co- goes with uh, uh, Dustin Poirier, then he comes back with Frankie Edgar, and now he, he's going in with uh, Volkanovsky, where, you know, Volkanovsky's on the climb up. He doesn't have necessarily quite that same you know rigorous schedule and maybe his body isn't as is you know torn up by it and he's he's hungry because he wants to win uh but i think max is a smart fighter and max you know is one of the guys who really knows what he's doing and i i like max's uh chances uh, in that fight
0: right yeah yeah me too he kind of reminds me of a little smaller version of tony ferguson
2: I'm not sure if I would agree with that, but Tony is his
0: own guy, but Tony is a hell of a yeah, fighter as well. Well, In terms of how accurate they are with uh, their their boxing skills, because they won't necessarily be one punch knockout, but that accumulation of punches you saw right. with Jose Aldo and then what Ferguson did to Donald Cerrone, kind of similar styles. Yep, yeah, no, I understand what you're
2: saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Should be interesting. Um, What's the greatest fight you have ever witnessed in person?
2: In person, I would say Corrales against Castillo in uh, 2005. Um, Just, you know, was a great fight through nine rounds, and then the 10th round was an all timer, and the comeback that Corrales made in that fight was just remarkable. Um, um, Hagar Hearns up there but i think corrales castillo for the drama it was a longer fight it went back and forth uh and then you know corrales is knocked down twice in the final round on the verge of going out and boom he comes back and wins it corrales castillo i think would be my pick
0: wow i'll have to watch that fight
2: just incredible
0: uh from 2005
2: 2005 at uh, Mandalay Bay, yeah, for the lightweight title. Just it was an incredible fight. You know, they, I mean, for for nine rounds they were just killing each other, and they get to the tenth round and Corrales gets dropped by Castillo. He gets up, spit out his mouthpiece, gets a they give him a break to wipe the mouthpiece off. He gets up again. Car- Castillo knocks him down again. Again, Corrales spits the mouthpiece. This time they they take a point off him and they you know they warn him they're going to disqualify him. Uh, comes back, and Castillo walks in for the kill, and Corrales, boom, hits him with a right hand. Castillo wow. goes on the ropes, and Corrales lands a flurry on the ropes and ends it. It was just an
0: incredible,
2: incredible fight.
0: Um, why, why can't Terrence Crawford fight Vasily Lomachenko? They both fight on ESPN.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, Lomachenko's fighting at lightweight, Crawford's fighting at welterweight, and Lomachenko's best weight really is not even lightweight. He's a small lightweight. You know, his best weight is 130. In fact, I think he's probably going to go back down in 2020 to fight at 130. So, you know, not a fair fight. I mean, you just don't, you know, you have two of the best fighters in the world, but there, you know, there are several weight classes apart. I I just don't think well, that's a fair fight.
0: Well, we just saw... Canelo fight Kovalev, and Mikey Garcia fought Harold Spence Jr. So these right, guys- Mikey Garcia lost
2: every single round. And K- Kovalev is, a, you know, even though I like the fight, Kovalev is at the end of his career. Bud Crawford may, might be the best fighter in the world who's at his peak right now, and you're asking Lomachenko to go up, you know, and fight a guy like that. I, you know, he's short, you know, so I just don't think it's a fair fight, you know, given where they are in their careers and everything
0: yeah i was thinking they
2: could meet at a catch weight of like 135 or something i, I just, mean again you know yeah. lomachenko is a small lightweight you know he's having right. trouble at lightweight because you know he's not that big he could fight featherweight today if he wanted he could make featherweight if he wanted to do that so you know that he's basically fighting two weights up as it is he's already, and now you're saying you want him to fight two weights more than that
0: yeah lomachenko both, both fighters have already moved up cause Crawford. They is, have moved up, but Bud, Bud has a bigger frame, Bud's a
2: right. um, bigger guy. So it's a, it's, it's a different situation.
0: Yeah. It's just a hypothetical. Um,
2: yeah. I wish we could see it cause it'd be a fun fight, but yeah, not going
0: to happen. Do, do you like, what do you If Lomachenko fights Timo, Fimo Lopez, how do you think that goes?
2: I think well I think uh Lomachenko would win that fight. I just don't think Teofimo right at this point in his career. Um you know he he's got a tough fight with Richard Comey coming up, but I think it's uh at this point in his career he's not ready for a guy like Lomachenko. I'm not sure he'll ever be ready, but I don't think he's ready right now.
0: Right. Um would you say it's harder for a fighter to change weights in boxing or in the
2: uh you know mma is a bigger gap between the weights usually so that might be harder but i think it it really i don't like to generalize those things i think when you look right. at that it depends on the individual and their body they you know i think that's the
0: difference Uh who would you like to see canelo fight next
2: um i think he's going to probably fight billy joe saunders which um I think will be a fine fight. You know, I might fight Callum Smith. I think I would be happy with either of those fights. I mean, if I had my druthers, I'd rather see him fight,
0: um, uh, triple
2: G again, but he doesn't want to do that. So I don't think we're going to see that fight. So, you know, all the fights that I think are realistic for him to take, you know, Billy Joe Saunders or, uh, um, Callum Smith, either one of those would, would be good opponents.
0: Yeah. And Callum Smith didn't really look that great against John Ryder in their last fight. It was a lot closer fight than I had anticipated.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people were surprised by that. But, you know, I just showed you, you know, the champ you know for the cha- uh, challenger it's everything for those guys it's their their one chance and they know you know that they got to shoot their shot and they come you know it's like the super bowl for them and the champion is one of a number of defenses so um but yeah he didn't look good but he's a good fighter and it would be a good fight for canelo and i guarantee you if you fought canelo he would be very very motivated
0: right and then who would you like to see if Love can fight next
2: you know, I mean, the fight that I'd like to see him take is Demetrius Andrade, but he's never going to fight him. He's going to fight, um, I don't even the, there's a Polish uh, fighter that uh, is the number one contender for his belt, and that's who he's going to fight. But I, I'd love to see him fight Demetrius Andrade because, you know, Andrade's been right there at the top of the division, and, I, you know, you want to see a guy like that get rewarded with a championship shot. He already has the belt. Let's see him have a unification fight, but, you know, Golovkin's team doesn't want any part of that fight and so that's not going to happen so he's going to fight the, the Polish fighter and uh, um, that I think will happen in February
0: oh, I see yeah Andrag on, on would be a good fight he, he looks like a skilled boxer but maybe not the most exciting oh yeah anyways And then who do you think is uh, in the light heavyweight division do you like a better b f or a be i you know i think
2: uh better b be f be, is a good boxer, but you know Bivol – to me has not progressed the way I thought. You know, a year or two ago, you know, I, I thought Bibble really had a chance, but he you know, he's a good fighter. I'm not and I'm not saying this to, to knock him because I'm not knocking him at all. I'm just saying that when I look at him I thought he would have progressed a little bit faster than he has. Um where you know better be as punching power is really incredible and he's really good at breaking guys down. So, you know, I think at this stage, you know, he is, he is the guy in that weight class, and he's the biggest challenge for Canelo at that weight.
0: Do you think Alvarez would even fight for trivia? He told me. I asked him that, and
2: he said he would. Now, you know, it's one thing to say you'll fight him, and it's another thing to actually get in the ring and do it. I don't, you know, look at Canelo's career. You know, he fought Mayweather when he was 21. Canelo won't fight anybody. He's not afraid. You know, if he doesn't fight him, it's not because he's afraid. It's because they made a business decision that there was, you know, a, a strategically a better fight to fight somewhere else.
0: Yeah, well, that would be a great, great light heavyweight fight. Yep. Um, what strategy of fighting do you prefer? The offensive come-forward fighter or the clever puncher that's more patient?
2: Well, you know, I mean, if... If you're asking me, like, I love brawls and I love to see, you know, you know, but I like it with skill, right? So when, you know, I think of a, a great fight that I love was arguello Pryor, you know, two really good boxers and they and they went at it. Um, Hagler and Hearns, you know, was two guys, but they went at it, right? Um, and I, I like fights where there's high level of skill, but the, the two fighters, they go at it and it's, you know, Morales and Barrera. Uh, you know, those kind of fights are the fights I like, but you know, when you look like if you, if I had to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to manage a fighter and I'm going to blueprint a fighter. I want somebody that could box and that, you know, like Mayweather was, you know, because that's the way you're going to win so many fights. You have that ability. You're, you're hard to hit guys. Can't get to you. Um, you know, so from, if I was a manager picking something like that, I would say, this is what I want. But I, you know, it's just what I prefer to watch. It's, uh, you know, no question, you know, that it would be something like those fights that I had described.
0: Right. Uh, who would you say is the best pound-for-pound fighter in boxing and then then then.
2: Um, I think there's no question that the best pound for pound fighter in uh, boxing right now is Canelo I think you know what he has done you know I had uh, Crawford on top for the longest time and I started you know as Canelo has won these last couple fights you know beating Danny Jacobs and beating Kovalev and I'm going you know he's out there and he's fighting you know better competition than pretty much anybody and he's he's winning in impressive fashion and he's done it over a long period of time and Crawford hasn't had those kind of uh, opponents yet. So, you know, I think, uh, Canelo and in MMA, I think it's Habib. Uh, you,
0: you like Habib in MMA? Yes. Do so you think he beats Ferguson?
2: I think Habib will beat Ferguson. Uh, I think, you know, Ferguson is, uh, right up there. Uh, I think that's a hell of a fight and, you know, styles make fights and that's going to be something to see. Uh, but I do think that uh, it's, it's going to be a fascinating fight.
0: Uh, the biggest question will be how well can Ferguson stay on his feet and defend those takedowns?
2: Yeah, once he gets down, and, uh, that grappling, that's tough to deal I mean, right. K- Habib is so much different than everybody else.
0: Yeah, world class. Unlike anything we've really seen before. Correct. Um, I have a few uh, rapid fire questions. You just uh okay. choose, just choose one. Uh, Mayweather or Pacquiao. Mayweather. Golovkin or Canelo. Canelo. Sandwich or salad.
2: <laughs> Sandwich.
0: Uh, red or black.
2: Interesting. Well, I'm a Steelers fan, so black.
0: Uh, Kobe or LeBron. LeBron. Barcelona or Real Madrid.
2: Neither. I hate soccer.
0: <laughs> East coast or West coast. West coast, baby. Nike or Adidas. I'm sorry. Which one is that? Nike or Adidas.
2: Um. Pass on that one.
0: Uh, boxing or MMA um you know
2: depends on the fight so uh if if there's two really good fights i'll take boxing because boxing is a longer fight um you know but if it you know there's a lot more consistently good fights in mma so i'll split on that one
0: right yeah that's kind of my thing it depends who's fighting it's a great fight. exactly and then it's kind of interesting how both sports are promoted because with the UFC, they'll really put more of an emphasis on the whole fight night, the whole card, whereas the boxing Correct. will mostly be the main event and maybe the co-main event.
2: I agree with you. They can learn a lot from what box, uh, what uh, MMA does 100%. Right,
0: and how, how you know, it's, it's an event for the whole night.
2: Agreed. I totally agree.
0: Yeah. All right, well, those were all my questions, Kevin. All right, brother. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'll let you know when the podcast is up. Good luck with it. All right, and uh, enjoy the fights this weekend. Hopefully we can have some fun. Be well, my friend. All right,
1: thank you. Hello, and uh, welcome back. Thank you for listening to my interview with uh, Mr. Ioli. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, we did touch on some uh, MMA topics as well and uh, looked ahead a little bit to uh, UFC 245, which is coming up the following week. And uh, for more in-depth conversation about UFC 245, I'll listen to my upcoming podcast um, where I'll preview it some more for you guys. But I do agree with uh, Ioli that I think Covington does have a real chance of taking the title from Usman because of Covington's elite pace that he can put on fighters and his elite wrestling skills that he's really shown he a- been able to do against any type of fighter and even against uh, the former champion, Robbie Lawler. And um, also, don't forget... There's not only the Andy Ruiz Jr. versus Anthony Joshua fight coming up this weekend, but also uh, Chris Eubanks Jr., a very talented fighter uh from the UK, is fighting this weekend. And uh make sure to check that fight out because he is an absolute talent. There's no doubt about it. Chris Eubank Jr. is made for primetime. And the more exposure he gets, the more wins he gets, uh, the bigger name he'll become in the sport. Uh, He did great. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the World Boxing Super Series, but he got all the way to the final of that and lost to the eventual champion in the final, Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor is a very talented fighter, and uh, in order to unify his division, he could take on Jose Ramirez. I like, still like Ramirez in that fight, but Josh Taylor is a talented Scotsman boxer that has shown great ring acumen and did great in his last fight against ReJ's Pro Grace. Uh, Pro Grace is a great fighter in his own right, but Taylor uh, is just a little better boxer, maybe uh, a little more uh, ring savvy in there and was just able to eke out a, a close decision against Prograce. But there's no doubt that both Prograce and Chris Eubank Jr., both fighters that Josh Taylor beat by decision, all three of those guys actually are, are real great names to watch out for in boxing and should become bigger in the, in the coming uh, months as, as, uh, they gain more notoriety and, uh, More fame here in the U.S. So uh, watch out for the names I mentioned there. And remember to watch uh, Chris Eubank Jr., who will also be fighting on Saturday. Um, So guys, uh, let me go through the boxing schedule here for coming up uh, this Saturday. Uh, on ESPN Plus from Pueblo, Pueblo, Mexico, Emmanuel Netrete will face uh, Francisco Horta for, Francis, uh, for Navarrete's WBO's junior featherweight title. If you guys aren't familiar with Navarrete, he did have some great wins over Igdobo, um once thought of to be the darling of the division, but Navarrete has shown to be a great fighter in his own right, and is very long for the division in terms of his reach and his physical advantage that he usually has over most fighters that are generally smaller than him due to the low weight limit that he fights at. And that will be the main event on uh, ESPN+. And then, of course, we have Andy Ruiz Jr., which uh, fighting against Anthony Joshua, the rematch, which I've already talked about. And uh, the co-main event will be Alexander Povetkin versus Michael Hunter. And uh, the the third fight there will be Dylan White versus Mary S. Walk. And we all know Dylan White from when he fought Anthony Joshua. And that's another great time for Dylan White to get some more exposure on a big fight like, on a big fight card like this with Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz Jr. in the main event. So make sure to watch out for those fights. A lot of great heavyweight action uh, on that fight card, not only in the main event, but also also in the co-main event with Alexander Povetkin, and then, of course, in the third fight with Dylan Dylan White. And not only that, but as I was saying before, from New York on Showtime, we have Jamal Charlo facing Dennis Hogan and uh, Chris Eubank Jr. versus Matt Korobov. I like Jamal Charlo to win that fight, and I like Chris Eubank Jr. Now we know the Charlo twins because they're both great boxers. While one did lose a close decision, there is a rematch of that fight coming up. And the other Charlo brother, uh, Jam- Jamal specifically, who's fighting this Saturday, looks absolutely terrific and uh, could be a possible opponent for either. Golovkin or Canelo if he does decide to move up from 154 to 160 pounds and a Charlo is a tough fight for anyone and I expect him to win in convincing fashion against Hogan and I also expect Chris Bank Jr. who's fighting in the coming event to also uh, beat Matt Korobov and then uh oh look at this we have David Lemieux f- facing Max Bersak, of course we know David Lemieux from his time fighting uh Golovkin and I believe he also fought Canelo if I'm well we know uh, the name David Lemieux, of course. He's a famous fighter, and I expect he'll beat uh Max Bersak in uh, Montreal. And then moving uh to the other sport, the other side, we have Al- Alistair Overing against uh Chenzier Rosenstrike. Of course, uh, that is another heavyweight fight in the MMA division in the UFC, and it's the main event from Capital One Arena. Um, and it's a uh, Rosenstrike, ever since he's came into the UFC, has abso- absolutely showed elite power and just scary ability. Jarzinho Rosenstrike is uh, a great African fighter. And can definitely knock out anyone in the division. He just is just starting out his his career. Is nine and zero versus the veteran of the sport. We all know Alistair Overeem. He's been around a very very long time, and he has a record of forty five and seventeen. Um, I actually like Rose in this matchup. I just think his elite power, his ability to knock guys out not only coming forward but also off the back foot is something that just can't be taught and shows he has elite power perhaps uh, some of the best in the whole division and I expect Rosenstrike to get to knock out Overeem in either the first or second round expect an early knockout there should be a, a great great fight in the heavyweight division in the UFC and while I did tell you guys about the boxing matches that are coming up this Saturday. I didn't pick them as I did just pick a Rosenstrike to knock out Overeen. So let me uh, do those picks for you guys. So let me start out with the first fight Emilio Navarrete versus Francisco Horta. Of course, I like Navarrete to keep his title here. I just think his reach advantage, his physical attributes will be too much for. Horto to uh, deal with over the course of 12 rounds, like not ready to win, win here. And then, of course, I already guys told you that I like Andy Ruiz Jr. to get the upset over Anthony Joshua in their rematch. It should be a great fight, but I I just think it's a bad matchup for Joshua. And, you know, I'm going to pull for Ruiz Jr. to pull off the upset once again. And then Alexander Povetkin, I expect he'll take care of Michael Hunter. He's just a, a, another top heavyweight, heavyweight fighter. And I, I just uh, think his overall experience and his reach advantages will uh, make, makes, make for a, a great fight against Michael Hunter and one that, that he should win, and most likely by knockout. And Dylan White, I'm taking him to knockout Marius Wach. I think White is looking to make a statement and put his name back in the ring to fight the likes of Joshua, of Ruiz Jr., of Deontay Wilder, of Tyson Fury, of the top guys in the whole division. So it should be a great night of fights there in Saudi Arabia. Remember, it is an earlier start because it's it's from Saudi Arabia. So make sure you guys uh have, have your Dizan app open and are watching those fights because they will be on in the afternoon. Uh, If you do want to watch Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz Jr. live. Moving on to Jamal Charlo versus uh, Dennis Hogan. This should be uh, another win for Charlo. I just think his boxing acumen, the ability he has to not only box, but also to punch and punch with a lot of power is uh, just too much for Hogan to deal with over the course of 12 rounds. And I expect Charlo to get the win and most likely by knockout. And then, of course, you guys have already heard me sing the praises of Chris Eubank Jr., who I think is really a future uh, star in the sport of boxing. And I think he's going to take Matt Korobov and make uh, a big statement in his uh, debut fight in the U.S. in New York. So uh, take Charlo and Eubank Jr. there to win and most likely uh, both will do it by knockout. So that concludes, oh, and the last one, David Lemieux against Max Bershock. Well, you guys know I'm going with Lemieux here. I think uh, his overall ring activity, his ability to string punches together and throw power punches will be too much for Bershock to deal with. And uh, I like Lemieux to get the win there. So that concludes my picks For uh, this upcoming fight Saturday, a great lineup of fights in both MMA and boxing, with, of course, Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz Jr. being the biggest fight of them all. So, fellow fight fans, fellow combat sports fans, I thank you very much for listening to the first episode of the Boxing and MMA podcast show here on the Believe Network and uh, you guys enjoy the fights this weekend be safe and let's go injuries jr let's see if the little mexican guy can do it once again do it for mexico do it for the u.s and uh you know anthony joshua you got to do it for the uk you got to put your name back together you got to put your reputation back and uh show what you're really made of anthony joshua and for Andy Reese Jr., he just has to show his elite hand speed once again. And, you know, maybe he can pull it off once again. We shall see. Well, tune in, guys, tomorrow on Saturday. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Check back next week for the next episode. And enjoy the fights. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.